welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, June 5th. 2021. It's just after 3 UTC as we're starting to record. I am Sam Minter and Yvonne Bo is with us again. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. How are how are you doing? I you know, I'm doing. It's it's an okay week. It's an okay thing. Um let me give the agenda and then we'll do our butt first segment. Um e- the agenda. The agenda, the uh, yeah, that thing. Um Yvonne and I struggled a bit this week. <laughs> On coming up with an agenda, uh, because you know, I don't know. Is it one of these slow weeks? Is it? it there's plenty of stuff. Go- Donald Trump was right. We need Trump back. You know, it, 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 look, plenty of stuff happened this week, but it seems like everything is either something we've talked a lot about already, and so we'd just be repeating ourselves, or it was like little small things that we didn't have a lot to talk about. And sometimes we would have done a lightning round on that. I I don't know, but it it still seems okay. Anyway, we are going to, for our agenda, we will have a segment for the first time in a long time, focusing on Donald Trump and what is up with Donald Trump, because there've been a few stories about him this week. Uh, There's Trump investigations. There's Trump apparently telling people that he expects to be back in the presidency in August. Um, there's miscellaneous stuff. Reinstatement. 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 Yeah, that's that's Article Thirty Six of the Constitution. That we right? all forgot to read. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about Election 2022, uh, the congressional elections and what's going on there. There was a special election and some people are talking about how it's good signs for the Democrats and other people are like, yeah, don't don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, So we'll we'll get ahead of ourselves and talk a little bit about 2022. Um, And then... um, we can't go a week without doing it. We'll talk about the pandemic again, although it feels like there it wasn't a lot of new stuff this week, but there are a few things. There's, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Florida's reporting information less often than they were. Um, we've got a, the, a dramatic slowdown in the vaccination rate in the U.S. We've got uh, we've got more reporting on the discrepancy between vaccinations in rich countries and less rich countries. Yeah, so we've got stuff to talk about there too. But first, yeah, but first, see, that's called but first, and so I can say but first. Anyway, we're we're going to do our usual talk about miscellaneous random stuff, but to start that i figure yeah we need to talk corrections and feedback oh the famous corrections and feedback section of curmudgeon's corner yes absolutely do we have music for this (laughs) um no we could just do like some sort of our producer uh you know what what we need here, here, Yvonne, just. Yes. In your best voice, say you're wrong. Okay. On three. One, two, three. You're wrong. Okay. Now I will go and like add some echoes or something to that. And then we'll use that. So okay, here we go. You're wrong. And now we're uh, and now we'll do some some feedback and corrections. So Greg on our Comudgeons Corner Slack 
Um, and we actually had this in time for last week's show, but I forgot. Um, but he had been listening to our shows and he's always a couple weeks behind, but he gave us some feedback for our April 30th show and our May 8th show. <laughs> so just to put it out here, the, the, and I say feedback, but these were both actual corrections. So first of all, for the April 30th show, we talked a little bit about how, um, the Congress pushed through a few things where they undid some regulations from the end of the Trump administration. And apparently I made a mistake when talking about that and actually said, it's not a law that lets them do this. It's a rule. Greg pointed out that it is in fact, that it's a law, a law, <laughs> a law that, shame on you. Shame, shame, shame on you. I know. I, I, I feel like, so horrible like I, I but but yes apparently there was a law passed at some point and greg told us which one it was but i i, I forgot uh that basically gives a certain amount of time after a new administration comes into place where or a new congress comes into place i guess is the key I, I don't know like i don't even know these details i should have paid attention when greg like schooled us on this but basically there's a time period in which, uh, you know, and Donald Trump took advantage of this in the beginning of his term, too, where things that were done at the very end of the previous uh, administration as regulation changes could basically be rolled back by a majority vote in Congress. Uh, and so uh, that's what happened on a couple things. So anyway, it is not just a rule. It is actually a law. So correction accepted. I humble myself in front of Greg. Uh, but bow, bow. You you need to bow as well. Yes. Uh, yeah, I bow. I humble myself. I prostrate myself on the ground in front of Greg, <laughs> um, and beg for forgiveness. Well, okay, okay, as long as it's not the prostate, it's okay. All right. Yeah. No, I don't. Greg does not need to be involved with my prostate in no. any way. That's no. That's fine. No. Thank you. Yes. Uh, no. And no, then Greg had a second correction. For the May 8th show. And this was not actually a correction for something we said on the show. It was something on, like, if you looked at the description of the show, the title of the show, even, on your podcast player, I had screwed up. You put the wrong date? And had not put May 8th. I had put April 8th. So... It was not the April 8th show going back in time. It was actually the May 8th show. I just apparently changed when I set up the new episode. I put in the wrong month. I, I don't know. Again, my to my eternal shame. And I, I, I have fixed it. So if you actually go back now, it's fixed now. I mean, it, 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 we, we, well, we are getting our money's worth on our production quality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you get everybody, every penny you spending. pay me, you, you it, it's worth a penny. Yes. And there are no pennies. So, yeah, there are no pennies. So. <laughs> okay, final piece of feedback. Right, so that's what final piece of feedback. Yes, and this is no longer from Greg. This, once again, is from my mother. Uh huh. Um, and this is, um, uh, she, she listened to the May 22nd show, mm -hmm. uh, where we talked about the Israel Palestine situation. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And uh, so first of all, she included a link to an article that she thought was good or an opinion piece uh, in the Washington Post. So I'll point that out too. the it was uh, Zion uh, opinion. Zionism cannot produce a just peace. Only external pressure can end the Israeli apartheid. Um, dated May 20th, 2021, um, by Raphael Mimoun, it looks like the name is. Um, and her, and she was responding to our conversation about Israel Palestine, um, where we talked about a bunch of things. Um, she said, podcast did not seem to acknowledge that through conquest, right wing settlements, the wall, destruction of Palestinian olive trees, etc. Israel has steadily shrunk and broken into disparate scattered pieces, the land Palestinians live on. Many believe it is no longer possible to have a two-state solution because Palestinian land bits are not contiguous pieces. The recent mess started with Israel once again trying to throw out Palestinians from homes they have lived in 30 years in East Jerusalem to bring Israeli settlers into yet another area, making tighter the circle of Israelis in Jerusalem around Palestinians. Jerusalem is supposed to be a city shared by three religions, and Israel is clearly working to make it for Jews only. Check the article above, the one I mentioned, written by one who grew up in a Zionist family. I may have posted this on my Facebook page also. Can't remember. It's a good article. Okay. I, I just want to say one thing. First of all, she started out by saying the podcast did not seem to acknowledge that through conquest, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I think we actually did. Like, I'm, I... I thought we did. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely remember... You know, I mentioned uh, both in the conversation itself and in the little three-minute drop-in I added later to clarify some things. Uh, I don't know if you even heard the three-minute drop-in, Yvonne, but uh, I did one. Um, but... I listened to part of the podcast, but not the whole thing. No, I did not listen to the drop-in. So, in any case, uh, we mentioned definitely that part of the issue was Israelis uh, maintaining a good deal of control over Palestinian territory. Like, I'm in, in but, my drop-in where I... Let me, let's be yeah. clear. It, it's it's not just... It's, you know, saying it's really... It's been since the Netanyahu government. It's been... You know, he's been the one that's been more forceful at this. Because the governments before Netanyahu came into power, and this right-wing... This right-wing group that has been in charge of Israel for a while... They had been willing to to trade peace, to go to two state solution, uh, to to negotiate on those things and so forth. And then we've had this swing in politics in Israel that has enforced those the, the, those policies. So it's just, yeah, I, I don't think we went into. Uh, I, I think we probably mentioned it, but I, we didn't go into depth into the fact yeah, that yes, I, I, Israeli I think, like, policies we sort have of treated been, we treated that as if it was sort of known background, right? <laughs> you yes, know, yes. like that was that's not new. Like, the fact that the Israelis have been pushing out the Palestinians from places they've lived has been ongoing, like you said, uh, it's accelerated during the Netanyahu administration. Correct. It, it's not like it didn't happen before that, but it's certainly accelerated under Netanyahu. And I know that we well, did, and I know that we did that mention- there was a lot of, that, that before- that before the election that put Hamas into power, yeah, that changed a and lot. And the well. election of Netanyahu, okay, there had been ongoing negotiations where we had uh, elections in Palestine. We had had a Palestinian government. 
the authority had been negotiating with other countries. There had been a lot of progress in that. And that progress really has been undone in the last 20 years um, it, it, to lead to that solution. And definitely the policies of Netanyahu the last 12 plus years have really accelerated a lot of this yeah. in terms of uh, uh, of doing that. I think that the, the you know, uh, but but the one thing that I kept saying is that, you know, Israel and Zionism, and, and the one thing that I will say again, is that people keep, you know, not looking at this map properly and realizing that this isn't just Israel that's doing this to the Palestinians, okay? It, it, the, the Egyptians, the, the Syrians, and the Jordanians are all doing this to the Palestinians. They have all, they, they all, they all have landlocked their them in. They have... Yes, they have all landlocked them in. They have all not 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 recognized them. They have not given them no, rights. Yeah, that is when actually there was, incorrect. When there, when there, Both Jordan and uh, Egypt and Syria have all recognized the Palestinian Authority. They have recognized the, but, but, but the one thing is that eco- but but they did the economic block. But they they economically blockaded that's true. Uh, Gaza. The, okay, they, they they do not permit well, Ga- immigration. Gaza, Gaza's, they do yeah. not. You know, they, they've they, recognized they, them they as a state, do. but there, there, there are all sorts of complications there. Specifically, Hamas in Gaza is not recognized as legitimate. The Palestinian Authority, exactly, pa- and so, Palestine, so it's is not recognized, the Palestinian not, Authority is, but not the rec- not the Gaza government. Yeah, right. and, and and so it's, it's a, a very complicated. It's as usual, we get I, back I, to I, it's complicated. I, but but to my mom's specific point, I think we did mention that the fact that this initial thing was uh set off once again by israel trying to make more settlements uh, i know yes, i mentioned right. in my drop-in about israel maintaining control over large chunks of the yes geography especially in the west bank um the it's just we i don't think we concentrated on this because yeah this isn't the part that's new this is like I said, it's sort of the ongoing background information. We weren't trying to do a history of the Israeli-Palestine conflict. We were talking about what was happening that week. Uh, and I, so. and I, I think that the problem, you know, the problem, listen, as long as uh, we have the, the governments that we had in place uh, in the U.S., number one, in, in Israel, um, there was no at least from the Israel part and from the U.S. part, any way of, like, trying to go back to some kind of, like, a a situation that made sense for the Palestinians at this point. Because, 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 uh, because, the, 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 you know, the Trump administration is basically, BB, you do whatever you want. You can just, you know, trample over everybody and we don't give a shit. And, you know... <laughs> So let's 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 move on to the rest of but first. Yeah. Uh, w- with one note, uh, we are aware <laughs> of the news stories about the fact that BB may be on his way out finally. Uh, as we are recording, as we are recording this, this is not. Which, by the way, this would be a huge break for the Palestinians. Finally, well, to get rid of Trump and get no. It, it, look, this will be this changes. It, it a definitely lot of changes the, a lot of equation. dynamics. Uh, but like we'll we'll see. Like there, it's, there's, not, there's yeah, still, it's not like automatically yeah, yeah. tomorrow. It's there, like you still, know. First but, of all, yes. there's still time for BB to like 
pull a fast one and scuttle this thing. It's not final as we're recording. Uh, second, the coalition that is potentially ousting him is fragile. It is fragile, but also it's very unique in that it's got the left wing, it's got the right wing, it's got the center. I know. It's even got like the 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 Israeli Arab Palestinian party as part of exactly. it, which will be a first time event. Uh, the prime, which is the why prime minister, I think it's the prime huge. minister who would immediately succeed uh, Bibi if this happened um, is actually more right wing than he is, um, but. But because of this coalition, I think what the speculation I've seen is basically, look, this coalition is not going to rock the boat on just about anything. Because the only way you can get this kind of coalition to stay together for anything other than like five minutes is to basically not rock the boat on anything. (laughs) Um, But it'll get BB out, and then that will dramatically change how everything works for when this inevitably falls apart and they have another election and whatever, you know, um, but it, 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 the fact that there's going to be an Arab party as part of the coalition is incredibly significant just by itself. Um, yeah. and then, uh, but, and I, I don't expect a lot to happen from this particular coalition government, certainly not with the prime minister who's going to be even further right than, uh, Netanyahu, but, it sets up stuff for the future. Right. But but he also knows that he can't, like, look, when you get that kind of a coalition behind you, even if your your personal take is that, you'd know that, that it's so fragile that you can't just do whatever you want. I mean, that's just the reality. Well, that's, that's why I said, like, the... the 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 new prime minister is going to be incredibly constrained. The government is going to be co- incredibly constrained in general. I don't expect it to do much in any direction. Right. Uh, it's it's going to be very much a, you know, we're just going to try to stay calm for a little while here, get Netanyahu in the rearview mirror, and then in a little while we'll undoubtedly have to reshuffle again. But uh, all right. Anyway, okay. En- yeah, enough so, about the okay. feedback and corrections and all of that. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um. So. Yvonne, do you have some but-first stuff to talk about? Okay, so right now, at this moment, I am watching our number... Okay. Our 11 and 30 minutes of a 24-hour marathon. Okay. That this podcast show that I listened to at ESPN left ESPN a few months back and they cut a deal with this is that Labatard thing or whatever it is. Yeah. That Labatard. Yeah. So they cut a deal with DraftKings that they gave them $50 million basically just to sponsor them and for them to produce content and whatever. And they started a new company to do this and their Mm -hmm. kickoff has been a 24 hour marathon, which started today at noon. Okay, uh, they've been doing a whole bunch of stuff. One of the things that they did this evening, which is quite for a worthy cause, is they're raising money for uh, to fight ALS. Okay, and I will give them a plug if you go to the the free dumb. Uh, okay, let's see, free not free dumb, free dumb d u m b ALS challenge. Okay, uh, you could donate money there. So far, in less than 12 hours, they've raised almost $100,000 uh, uh, for this, like, right now. Certainly a lot more money than we get on our Patreon, that's for sure. Um, but 
the, the whole thing I just found interesting is that I will tell you that, you know, I've had the video and the audio of some of this. They're, they, they're doing live video as well. I'm surprised that, man, they're almost at hour 12, and I thought that they were going to run out of steam at <laughs> very early at this at some point. I mean, I'm thinking, well, think about this, Sam. Let's try to do a 24-hour nonstop podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Done. Done. Let's go. We're, 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 we're 22 minutes in. I've got the day free. Let's go. <laughs> not today. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Not that I wouldn't be tempted, but also we didn't get a $50 million up. up, up oh, is that part of the deal? <laughs> we have yeah, to get that part of the deal. They got 50 million. Well, that would be nice. <laughs> if I got a $50 million check, believe me, we'll do a 48 hour freaking marathon. <laughs> Fuck that. We'll beat these guys. The hell with this. 24 hours. It's for bugs. We can do 48. <laughs> but anyway, I, I just, you know, I, I really thought, man, man, go up for 24 hours doing content. That's hard. Yeah. And to keep people, like, engaged. And look, they've had consistently all day at least 20, to 20 plus thousand people streaming live all day. Okay. And, I mean, they've gotten, like, 2,000 people to donate almost $100,000 for ALS. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one of the things that they did this evening is part of the challenge is, like, you've seen one of these, like, eating these super hot peppers uh, as part oh, of the yeah, challenge. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they So, they offered that if you got the certain uh, money thresholds that uh, that they would eat a pepper. And two of the people on, on the staff, the reason they're, they're, it, ALS is important is uh, one of them lost their father to ALS. And the other one has her mom right now that, unfortunately, is probably not going to live very long right now. It's like late stages of ALS. Mm. And uh, so they offered, look, if you get to a certain money threshold, we'll eat these damn peppers. So one of them had to eat the pepper for their threshold. Mm-hmm. Look, this person, I just watched somebody almost die on TV. <laughs> I mean, that was just so brutal. And right now, actually, for the last 45 minutes, they reached the second threshold. The CEO of the company right now that they formed is there and basically ordered them that, look, I just saw one of our employees, like, throwing up and, like, dying over there (laughs) on a bed. And you know what? No more peppers. No. No more peppers. I mean, I'm like, he said, listen, if people feel that they want to take their donations back, I'll take out of my own damn pocket and freaking put the money for the donations, but I don't want another employee looking to to die on me today. Okay? And so, uh, I mean, the guy was in tears. I mean, he was in bed curled up. He was vomiting. I mean, yeah, this is, th- that was, like, bad. I, I mean, man, those peppers these, are hot. These, these peppers sound uh, enticing. <sighs> Man, it's brutal. I mean, it's like, uh, like this, look, this, I'm, this, I'm the one who, when I go to like, you know, an Indian restaurant or whatever, and they ask for the spice level, goes as low as possible. So I am certainly not one to every once in a while, I'll go up one notch, but that's on an exceptional occasion. Uh, I, I can't even imagine like these, I, I can't even imagine like the, the high numbers on the regular scale that they offer you at a restaurant, let alone like I'm going to intentionally just eat plain the hottest pepper in existence or whatnot that's just like why that's basically what they did it was the hottest pepper in existence yeah Uh, i figured i gotta admit that i have my my tolerance for spicy food has gone up Mm -hmm. over the years i used to be completely on the mild like no whatever that's because your taste buds are dying you're old and your taste buds are dying yeah. Well, it, 
it's part the fact that I've been traveling to a lot of places all the time that have that kind of food. So my tolerance for it has increased a little. It's increased a little bit. I'm not going to say that I am not a, a, a hot, you know, pepper guy, but but definitely I, I I I tolerate more of that as well. I mean, think like Indian food, which tends to be hot. Mexican food that tends to be hot. Those are really the two uh, that I've had. To, you know, and, and some of the Southeast Asian food. I mean, they're I mean, they they like their spice. Okay. And so I, I've been going to that, but definitely I, you know, I, I would not be relishing, uh, uh, a challenge such as this. That, that's, uh, that's for darn sure. But I, I'm just, you know, a 24 hour content marathon and live and nonstop, really. I mean, they've had a couple of breaks. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they've really been going at it right now, uh, since noon. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a tough, tall order. Let me just say to keep it, you know, that that to keep it fresh, to keep people engaged. I mean, you still got, you know, consistently 20 plus thousand people still watching this live. That's pretty darn good. So anyway, I just wanted to give them my props to them that they were doing pretty good. The other thing I did today is I dropped a 15 pound dumbbell on my foot. Ooh, nice. Did you break it? Thankfully, I did not. I was worried that I that I did um, because I dropped it from a a. a, a a relatively high level. I did. It wasn't just like near my foot. I I was putting it in the rack, and I turned my attention to something else and just dropped the damn thing, and it boom. Um, I was supposed to run. That was like we were doing a transition from like weight training to like cardio to run. I I tried to run on it. Uh, you know, I waited a little bit until the pain like subsided and I tried and I said, no, this is a terrible idea. I should, uh, ice this thing and, uh, stop, stop. Okay. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to hurt it worse. Let me just, you know, let me just rest it and then it should be okay. The foot right now, it's a little bit like tender, but it's fine. Okay. But, okay. uh, I will recommend, uh, to not drop the weights on your feet. Yeah. That, that, that is not, uh. That's that's bad. It's 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 doesn't work very well. The other thing that happened uh, this week, my 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 respiratory everything got really bad. Ooh. I was just, I really just got really miserable. Um, and I've been avoiding this medication that the doctor said to if I got bad to use every day. Okay, I I just really, I was just trying to avoid getting on medicine every day. Mm. I mean, I've been one that I, I, to 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 this day barely that I took some allergy stuff or whatever, but I, I'm not one that has had to take any medication for anything every day. Right. And so I, you know, I, I just wanted to try to avoid it if I could. But uh, no, I I definitely I I definitely need to take it. It's it's a it's a medication called Brayo Brayo. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it it says here it's a. What the hell does it say? It's some kind of compound. It's made by who the hell makes this? I think it's Gla- GlaxoSmithKline. Brayo, Ellipta. Well, you can look it up. Once a day, I did try this. I feel so much better. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I have. You know, I've had. I've. I've been on daily medications for my asthma since I was a child. So I'm used to that. But yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. But. But Sam, night and day. Oh my God, night and day. I mean, literally yesterday, I thought I was just 
you know, the last two days I was dying. And, I, I mean, night and day. So, yeah. So I gave in to the daily you, meds. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, though, one thing, and I actually had a, 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 you know, a regular check-in with my doctor, just routine stuff a while back, and I had to admit this to her, that, like, like I mentioned, I've been on regular meds since I was mm-hmm. a child, basically. And definitely... I, I might have lapsed a little bit when I was in college and a teenager, but since my early 20s, I've had regular stuff I've taken for one thing or another every day forever. Um, but the whole, like, disruption of schedules due to the pandemic, yeah, my compliance at actually taking the stuff I'm supposed to has been horrible. Horrible. Because my routine was basically every morning when I got up, I went through a certain sequence of things in a certain order to get ready, to get out the door, to go to work. I, 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 by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same, by the way. It's- now that I'm working from home, my routine now is I have a meeting at 9 o'clock. I roll out of bed at 8.57 and go straight to the computer and log in. And then I'm working. And so, like, my morning routine, which included taking most of my daily meds, like, I have to, like, it happens only if I happen to be running to the bathroom and remember later in the day. And so my compliance has been horrible, horrible for the last year. And, like, I I got myself one of the, like, little thing to try to keep track of it and blah, blah, blah. And it hasn't helped yet. Let me... Let me ask a question. How how were you feeling? How how were you feeling? Uh because you weren't taking it every day. You know, it hasn't been that bad. Okay. To be honest. Okay. Uh, except except the one time a few months ago I ended up in an ER. Uh okay, that's not okay. <laughs> which had not happened in years and years. But except for that one incident. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so uh yeah, so you wound up at the ER. Well, okay. Sam, take your damn meds every day! <laughs> but aside from that one instant, I've basically been f- feeling okay. I only went to the ER once, it's fine! <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I know I need to take my damn meds. But, yeah. You know. Take the damn meds. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta admit that, like, listen, I, I before I had uh, my son... You know, if I was working from home, the 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 bit about waking up like just a couple of minutes before conference calls, like that, I I was very big on that. I I gotta admit because I'm not a good morning person. <laughs> I, I just I oh I mean, mornings I, I, I hate I, mornings. I, the, the mornings, mornings are horror. I I despise the damn mornings. I mean, it's just you know, I, I and what I used to do in the mornings. Sometimes I would wake up earlier, but the thing is that I needed my time to just wake up i mean i might have my eyes open right but i you know i'm like i need my coffee i need my breakfast (laughs) i need my time for my brain to just settle in and get into gear i don't have that time anymore right and i wind up starting like i have to get out of bed like at six 45 every damn morning 
And I gotta tell you something, I hate that sh- I mean, I just hate it with such a passion. And what happened also was, like, the two days ago, because I wasn't feeling well, with the asthma and everything, I mean, I, I did something that I hadn't done, because no- it done in a long time, which was, I had to say, I'm taking Manu to school, and Manu needs to be at school by 8, by 8 a.m., mm-hmm. and normally I would wake up first, get my coffee, get my breakfast, change get him dressed, and take him to school. I felt so horrible that I I, I went and I I basically just crawled out of bed, got him dressed as f- fast as I could and just took him to school. I mean, without doing any of that. And then what I did was, well, I was hungry. I, I pulled up my Starbucks remote app, and there's a Starbucks on the way home from school, and I just ordered breakfast and coffee and grabbed it. Because I, I, I was just like... I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, but I felt so horrible. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't like waking up, but I never feel like with that little energy, like I, I felt, uh, yesterday morning. Um, mm-hmm. now that I took the medicines and I'm back on that this morning, I woke up and I was like, yeah, I didn't like waking up, but I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, I was up, and, and, you know, got my breakfast and did my stuff and, you know, this feeling okay. But man, this thing about getting these kids to 8 a.m. school. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I don't even understand why the hell they start so fucking early. There's no point. Yeah. School should start at 9 a.m. Well, you you know the reason, right? I, 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 don't, I don't. Well, in some places, I know they do. So start at 9 a.m. So, well, the, the hours, the hours very generally speaking, in most places, the hours vary by grade so that they can space right. out kids a little bit. But also, you know, if you're if you are anticipating the workforce is nine to five, you have to drop them off before nine. So people have time to drop them off and then go to work. The problem is that, you know, with the changes in society in terms of mobile workforce and whatever, it's just I don't know. I mean, what is the percentage of the population that really works that damn schedule anymore? It's probably scattered all over the place. I'm sure that there's a lot of people that have that schedule, but there's tons that don't. Well, I mean, you can just look. You still have rush hour. Yeah, yeah. Sort no, of you fairly do. standard time. So it's still most people. Yeah, we're not most people, as I've been reminded before. So now... We're already quite a ways into this butt first, but, you know, I'm not, as you could tell, we weren't too excited about the next three topics, so I'm going to squeeze in one more butt first thing. Okay. Um, Which is my son's computer, okay? The iMac? The the iMac. The the new iMac. That was, and that was like, that was like your, uh, no, that's his new computer, right? No, that's his new one that we bought um, last year. Okay, yeah. Okay, so... So it was having all kinds of performance problems. Okay. Like, and specifically, the Finder was, and it's a, it's an iMac, so we're talking Mac OS. The Finder, which is what manages the file system in Mac OS, was completely locking up regularly. Okay. okay? And this causes problems for all kinds of other things, because if you're doing anything with any program that saves information... To your hard drives, guess what? <laughs> you know, now some of it, okay, you know, there's the Unix underpinnings and sometimes you can bypass Finder and like, so it's not everything, but a lot, it, a lot 
relies on the finder and a lot of what he's doing involves like opening files and moving stuff around and blah, blah, blah. Cause he's editing video and grabbing stuff from here and there and putting them together, whatever he needs the finder. Okay. You can't lock up the finder and still do everything he wants to do. And it was like getting to the point where, you know, the finder would lock up and the only way he could get it to come back, like he would try restarting, force restarting the finder from uh, the force quit menu and it wouldn't help and it wouldn't help and he'd have to reboot. And even when he rebooted, it would only sometimes help. Sometimes he'd have to reboot multiple times before his computer was in a re in a usable state anymore. Um, and so I, I was, I was doing, uh, he also, by the way, um, had filled up one of his external drives that he uses for video editing. So I was getting him a new one of those. Um, so I, while I was setting up the new drive, I'm like, I'm going to figure out this damn finder thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and I eventually figured it out and I, I won't take you through all the troubleshooting steps, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to the conclusion. Um, a number of months back, he had been close to filling up his main drive, the one that's internal inside the computer, okay? And so one of the things we did at that point to free up some space, like I, I was going to get him another external hard drive to like, you know, take his photo library, which is huge, for instance, and put it on an external drive and stuff like that. Um, and so we actually did, uh, we switched the option, like usually for like um, photos, I... Uh, Apple has like the option to like save everything in the cloud and only yes. keep on your computer what you need at that right, moment. Right, right. Yeah. I generally speaking don't turn on that option so that the local copy also gets backed up uh, in various other non iCloud places. So I have backups everywhere because I'm paranoid about backups. Whereas if you have it in iCloud only, then the stuff that's only in iCloud isn't going to get backed up through your other backup services, right? Um, right. But so I had had all his pictures were local. So I, I flipped it temporarily until I could get him another drive. I flipped it to the option of, iCloud. you know, yep. um, only keep only keep thumbnails on the local computer, Take keep the full copies in iCloud, bring them down when you need them, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I did that. But I also turned on the option to, and actually, the, was it already on? Yeah, it was actually already on. We already had on the option to synchronize his desktop and documents folders to iCloud as well. Yes, okay? yes, yes. So you can do now, all that, yes. It, yeah, and we, you know, he, he, he basically, he has his old desktop, um, uh, in another room, but it's been turned on like twice in the last year since he got the new computer. So it's not like synchronizing between the two desktops is something we actually need, but it was on because it was the default. And when we installed the new system and it was on and it, no big deal, right? It was on. And that also means like, if you need to get to those files from your phone, you can, or from anywhere you, you have an internet connection if you need to. Right. So great. That's fine. Um, I eventually determined that the problem was indeed the synchronization with iCloud. The problem was the, the actual synchronization with iCloud. Yes. Oh. And like, normally this is not a problem. This is a feature that works pretty well and reliable. No, I, I have it. I've had it on for forever on my computers. I, I access all my, my, everything synchronized through iCloud, all my files. I've, I've had that done for 
as long as it's the feature's been av- available. Yeah, yeah. So lo- lots of people use this feature. Lots of people use it all the time. But what they don't anticipate is an 11-year-old with who likes to take screenshots of his dual desktop system at full 4K resolution and his, whose desktop folder being synchronized to iCloud had a quarter of a million screenshots in it. Oh, God. Yeah, that would probably be a no. Uh, I could, yeah, that would, that would choke, uh, though works. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that explains that. Yeah. So I turned off the iCloud synchronization and, and all of a sudden fine. everything's happy again. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those unanticipated use cases, you know, uh, you know, you're like, I will, you go and like, uh, it, it's our, our, our mutual friend, Kathy. Okay. Also is somewhat that, that, that like stores like terabytes of images at, at, uh, Hey, I, I look I, me too. And I, I, you know, don't criticize Kathy, I've I'm got like way more than she does. I'm not criticizing. I did that. No, that was not meant as a criticism. That's just okay, factual. Okay. It's just the fact that when you do that, and then you try to do multiple copies and backups of of such massive image files, it takes a while. It, it takes a while. I mean, it's just you know. Well, here, it, here, here's the here's the thing. Like backing up those same files to the Backblaze service that we have for that. Backblaze never choked on it. Never had any issue whatsoever. It's got all those files. The actual number of like gigabytes or whatever. Okay, it, it it's a bunch, but it's not like crazy. We're not like talking terabytes. The problem was actually that it was many, 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 many tens of thousands, over hundreds of thousands um, (laughs) of smaller files. So it's not like it's like if you've got a hundred files that are each like large video files and you end up with a terabyte, that's one thing. This was like, you know, probably only added up to like, I I think the number was like 300 gigabytes or something. But it was like a hundred thousand files. Many, many individual files. Um, yeah, it, it, I have and, seen that. That that's just something that's that's that that happens. That you know, if you you know three you know three hundred thousand individual files take a lot more to sync than one very large file of the same big size. Files. Right. Yeah, and and the other thing, by the way, that I will say, even with iCloud off, well, with iCloud on or off, the other thing the Mac will choke on is if these files are on your desktop. And you have the stacks feature turned off. It will also choke on this even locally. Because for those of you who don't know, the desktop, the files on your desktop actually show up on the background on your default screen. That's why they call it a desktop. Right. And if you've got if you've got 200,000 plus files on there. Yeah. And it's trying to show you previews of every yeah, single one of them of, in the of, background. Of damn files. You know, um, so you're a fucking folders. So actually the first thing we did, like when I realized that he had so much on his desktop, the first thing I did, um, was get, once I got control of his computer, 
I, and this was actually a few months ago, I moved all of the stuff. First of all, I turned on, I made sure Stacks was on, on his stupid uh, thing, which it was on earlier. But then like one of the things, if you go Googling what to do if your finder is crashing, one of the recommendations is to reset a certain plist fold uh, file to get it back to its default behavior. Um, and, but when you do that, it turns stacks off, which in this case made it worse because if stacks are on, it basically all of the images on your desktop get collapsed into a single icon that says images and you can click on it and expand it. But if you don't click on it, it just leaves it alone. It doesn't try to preview all of those images. Right. Um, but when I turn when I removed that plist file, it made it worse because it was once again trying to preview two hundred thousand fucking screenshots on the desktop. Okay, <laughs> and oh, for um, the love so of God! When, when I got control, um, I moved all everything that was on his desktop. I moved into a folder, so the desktop had a single folder that said "old desktop," and inside was everything else. That solved the problem with the local Finder, but it apparently did not solve the problem with syncing with iCloud. Uh, but once I turned off the iCloud syncing, uh, then it, it, it's all happy again. And I'm actually, uh, I've moved some of the stuff back to his computer in a folder. Um, and, uh, you know, so that we have the local backups again, and it's not only an iCloud. Um, I'm going to move the rest of it later this weekend um, onto his computer. And the other thing I did was I changed the location that screenshots get saved to, so it's not on the damn desktop. That That's a prudent move, I would say. Very prudent so, move. That's, anyway. I mean, um, I, I, I'm, I'm still, like, just bewildered by the number of screenshots. I just, I, okay. I, I just, I don't, I mean, I... I, I, I don't this remember is one of the these, exact well, it, well, I, it, it, this it is may one not have been things. quite a quarter of a million, but it was, it w I'm pretty sure it was over a hundred thousand. I forget the exact number, but I, 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 it, it, if I'm exaggerating slightly, sue me, but I think it's in that ballpark. It, one of the things about taking so many photographs and pictures, right? It's just, how the hell do, do you, does any, is any of it useful in, in the end? And, and I, I, when I was mentioning our friend Kathy, I was mentioning, and I know Sam also does this, which is yes. that they've got like I don't know. Your photo library has several hundred thousand pictures. Am I? Am I? Yes. Am yes. I, you know. Yeah, um, you're correct. And so the thing is that finding anything on that on on that is trying to find a needle in the haystack. Um, I've got like in my photo library about twenty five thousand. Okay. That span really over twenty years of pictures. Uh, really, my, my number, my number right now. I'm looking at my photo library: one hundred and ten thousand eight hundred and forty-five photos, mm -hmm. five thousand nine hundred and three videos, and four items. Well, okay, so I've got twenty-five thousand photos, one thousand three hundred and seventy videos, and eleven items. Whatever the hell that 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 is. Now, one of the so things I'm only like five times your number. Yes, only five times. Okay, but but uh, our friend Kathy has like several times that. Okay, and okay. I and I and I'm always very bewildered as how she winds up with that many pictures of any event. She would go to an event, and I would see that she would wind up with hundreds of pictures, and I'm like, Jesus. Well, yeah, you know, I, I okay, I, I I don't get that. I I I take pictures, but like. 
For example, I, I went to the zoo. I took my son a couple of weeks ago to the zoo. I have from the zoo outing one, two, three, four, five, six pictures. Okay? Okay, six pictures. That's from the zoo outing. That's it. Okay? Um, no. I just don't understand this whole thing about taking that many pictures. I, 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 I mean, I take just a selected few pictures of what I found interesting, but I'm just not, you know, you're like going around, I mean, like nonstop taking pictures of freaking everything. And then, and I, I have taken a diligent, diligent time to go and like organize them and sort them in certain ways in order to be able to favorite them and like faces and things. And so if I want to find all the pictures I got of Sam, for the most part, I can find those or like, or anybody, or pictures of locations. Make sure that the dates and times are are, are proper. Making sure the location data is, is organized. You know, just to make sure that there's enough metadata in order to be able to, if somebody's looking through the photo library, that they can find shit. Well, at, at this point, at this point, the photos app itself does a lot of that for you. Like a lot of the stuff I used to do manually is. A lot oh, of the yeah, stuff I, I used know. to do manually is it, now taken care of. But like, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. I the other day, my no, wife was having a. But wait, wait, wait! I, 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 let me wait, 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 no, no, no! Before yeah. you say that, because the important thing was okay. But you and I are using the photos, uh, photos app that d- does some of that, and it's there's some automation to help you with that now. Kathy has this all in files in the fold in folders in the file system. Yeah, yeah. It is no, impo- no. I, I mean, I, we, I couldn't deal we, with that exactly. And it's the same thing as what Alex is doing. There is no way to find anything. It's like Kathy, find me a picture of this. Well, I don't know. I'm like, well, he he actually says part of the reason he does it is to make it harder to find things. Oh, okay. Well, tell him mission accomplished. <laughs> So, now, I just wanted to say, the other day, my wife had a campaign event, for anybody who doesn't remember, she's running for Snohomish County Council. Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's going on. Um, uh, Brandyforcouncil.com, you can check it out. Um, F-O-R, uh, Brandy, F-O-R, Council.com. Um, anyway, Anyway, uh, I I had to I, I got Alex out of the house while she was having the event because Alex has a tendency to want to interrupt her when she's doing things no. like that. No, really. And so we went, we got some food, and we went to a local park. We were gone maybe two hours, something like that. This was not a significant trip. This was not a we're doing something really fancy. I took fifty pictures on that trip. Fifty, jeez, fifty. And uh, I, I counted them while you were talking uh, earlier. And, uh, you know, but part of it is, like, if there's one thing I want to take a picture of, I'll definitely take, like, you know, a dozen pictures so that I can later flip through, find the one I like the best, and use that, and blah, blah, blah. Now, some people do that and then delete the others. I never delete the others. But, like, I have... You know, uh, so like there's just uh, in the park, there was a path we were walking through that I thought was cool. I took a dozen pictures just of the path. Okay. And I picked one that I liked out of those. I spent a couple minutes adjusting it in the photos app and then uh, texted it to a couple people. 
Um, but you know, that's, uh, you know, that's one reason you get a lot more. And like, there was another, like, I, I saw like a, a bird on, uh, that was, I thought was interesting, you know, and I took probably 10 or 15 pictures of the bird to get the one where the bird was looking in the right direction to make it look like a cool picture. I usually, it doesn't take me taking that many damn pictures to, to find the, the, the good shot. Plus, there another thing. Uh, plus, another thing is, remember one thing that do you use a live photo feature? Yes, absolutely. So you're telling me that you're taking multiple pictures. Plus, you've got the live photo feature. Yeah, very often I will take the multiple photos, and then I take the one I like, and then I go and pick the right frame from the live photo as well. Um, or some, you know, or sometimes I make the use of the live photo because it's. I don't need that many pictures. And it's not like the others are necessarily bad, but I want like 30 to pick from. And then I pick the one I like the best. I, you know, let me see. I, I, I'm going through, let me see. I went to, okay. So I went to uh, Hong Kong on multiple locations. I, I, I've got, I guess, 78 total pictures in Hong Kong. And that was over multiple visits. Yeah. Over multiple visits over a couple of years. Let's see. I went to Shanghai. I took a whopping 32 pictures. Uh, let's see. I went to uh, Vietnam. I took 17 pictures. Mm-hmm. I took. I went to Bangkok. I took 20. Uh, let's see. I went to... Uh... I- I've taken 10 pictures since we started recording this podcast, Yvonne. What the hell, man? I mean, I went to Singapore and I took a total... Okay, of... I'm lying. I have not, but, you know. I took 18 pictures total in Singapore, and I took 22 pictures in uh, Kuala Lumpur. Let's see. Now, I'll go to cities that I've visited more, you know, more. So, let's see. So, like, in South America, right? I've been a lot to Sao Paulo and uh, and Buenos Aires over the last 20 years. Buenos Aires, I've been to probably, I will, and I'm not exaggerating when I say I've probably been to, like, at least 30 times, 40 times over the last 20 years, Okay. I've taken a whopping 93 pictures in 40 visits. That's it. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm apparently not very, you know, I don't, I just, I, I, I just don't take that many pictures. Like, I, I just, you know, now I will say this, that when my wife takes the camera, though, mm-hmm. she does go. So if, if I've been to a place that I visited with her, she goes picture crazy. I, 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 I must say that, that, mm-hmm. for example, we, we did this trip to Grand Cayman, for example, and there's 142 pictures. That's because she was with me. And that was in one trip. Right. So, yeah. So she took 142 pictures. So, yeah, it, it's just one of those things like like Madrid, for example, that I I probably have a ton of older pictures. I haven't scanned from Madrid, but this was from one trip that I did with my wife. Uh, for the most part, I, I went twice since I... 135 pictures, but that's because my wife was there because otherwise there wouldn't be 135 pictures. There's no, no way in hell. Right. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I can't, I mean, I, I, I just, just not that motivated to take that many pictures of the places. Yeah. So anyway, if you've got hundreds of thousands of separate individual files in the folders that iCloud is trying to sync, uh, that might be causing you a problem. Turn that feature off. Uh, I'm going to rearrange things on his drive. So basically, like I said, I'm making the screenshot save somewhere else. I might turn this feature 
back on again once I've sort of cleared out the areas it sinks so that the masses of files aren't there and only the files you really want to be there or there, et cetera. Um, but I must say, I've also, I, and I only did this literally at the beginning of the podcast, so I don't know if it's made any difference yet. My computer has also occasionally had like these CPU spikes. And I started to wonder, do I have the same issue? Because I don't have as much as he did, but I also have a lot in my desktop folder. So I turned that feature off as well. Well, the CPU spikes I get every once in a while. I've seen this like sometimes like uh, Microsoft Excel locking up or uh, Zoom. Like on my wife's computer, Zoom makes that damn fan of her her computer like fire up like a, I mean, it sounds like, like a tornado is going on in there. I don't know why. But anyway. Yeah, I think my I think mine is different issues than his actually because even if I look at the CPU monitor, it was different things that were at the top. Like his like Finder was always pegged, and another app called Bird, which turns out if you Google it, is the i iCloud syncing software, uh, was second all the time behind Finder. So anyway, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so always always yeah. So we've spent almost an hour on the butt first segment. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And so uh, we're going to take that break and then we will come back with Trump stuff, election 2022 and pandemic, which we sort of said we thought we didn't have a huge amount to say on. So we're going to test that now. Uh, We will be back right after this. Alex and the web. Dot com. Bang Alex and dad. Gaming videos and more from Alex. Elementary school by day. YouTube by night. AlexMZilla.com. AlexMZilla is A L E X M X E L A. And dot com is period and then C O M. Okay, we are back and it's time for. Trump stuff. Yay. Yay. Um, so, so, uh, are you going to go to the reinstatement party? Is that, do you have any plans for it? Well, you know, it's going to be the biggest reinstatement ever. When we look at the pictures of the mall, when it happens. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I, Originally, this was reported by Maggie Haberman of the New York Times, and a lot of people criticized her for why are you spreading Trump disinformation, et cetera, blah, 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 like they always do. Um, uh, well, well but a then, lot of people, well, a lot of like people yeah, like, yeah, aligned yeah. But, with Trump. What, did, whatever. Did. But the point is, uh, a day or so later, it was confirmed by other reporters uh, from, from, I believe, National Review which is not exactly uh, a liberal publication, (laughs) um, basically saying that, look, no, Maggie is right, by the way. He's telling lots of people this, and and we think he actually believes it. Right. Um, And I've heard other people saying, of course he doesn't believe it. He's just trying to get into the media circus again and rile people up and blah, blah, blah. But there are other people who are like basically saying, look, here's the deal. He's getting increasingly, increasingly obsessed by this quote unquote recount in Arizona. And the fact that they're the people who are doing this in Arizona are talking to people in other states and trying to spin up similar things in Georgia, Pennsylvania, elsewhere. And he's thinking that they're going to find all the fraud. And 
suddenly determined that they have to reverse the results in all the critical states, and all of a sudden it'll become clear that he won all along and they will reinstate him. I mean, but but it's like, okay, he who? I mean, how, you know, how does his brain work? It's like, he who, how? Well, I saw the my the my pillow guy. The my pillow guy apparently said that the mechanism uh-huh. for this is going to be a nine zero Supreme Court decision that will make it happen. Uh huh. Okay. Sure. A nine zero Supreme Court decision. What the Supreme Court during the election that the actual cases that even were kind of like could have been considered legitimate when the when the states themselves went up to the Supreme Court to try to. To sue for this, and they refuse to even consider it. And somehow, Mike Lindell right now is saying that there's going to be some magical nine-zero decision brought by, I'm not sure whom, withstanding. Yeah. To to make this happen. Not not to mention, of course, that there's no constitutional mechanism for this. First of first of Correct. all, of course, the fraud claims are all bullshit, and we all know this. It was all litigated yeah, yeah. earlier. But let's assume for the sake of argument right now, that we actually did find massive fraud. And it became abundantly clear that all of these states were actually won by Donald Trump, and there was massive fraud involved. Well, guess what? There's still no mechanism to put him back into presidency anyway. There's still no mechanism to do it. There, the, the states, the, the results were certified. The Electoral College voted. The Congress accepted the, the Electoral College results. He was sworn in. It's all done. The only thing that they could do is impeach Biden, basically. That's about it. That's about it, really. Yeah. I mean, what other avenue would they, what, what, is but, there? Not, and even no if, you, if, if you do that, you get Harris. Like, that's not going to put right. Trump back either. Um, right, then you would the, have to impeach hair. I mean, there's just there's no other mechanism. The, the, um, like you the can imagine, thing, but, but like, but okay. look, look, I don't know why you were entertaining this fantasy. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> look, this is just insane. Um, it, the my whole thing is what is going through their minds. I mean, what's what's their game? Because I'm like, because the options are you really believe this horse shit, okay? Yeah. All right, so you're just that delusional, okay? Or as I think that some of these people are, that they're just super mega grifters. Yeah. Um, because I don't see any other options. And I do think that a lot of these people definitely uh, are just doing this for the grift. There's just no no other reason to do it. Yeah. And I, 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 I think that a lot of the people around Trump are definitely doing it for the grift. Uh, for Trump himself, I honestly don't. No, I mean, it's certainly not beyond him to do it for the grift. He's done everything else in his damn life for the grift. Right. But it's also not beyond him to actually be deluded and believe this shit. Well, yes. Uh, I, I mean, so I, I do believe that in his in in his uh, state of mind, he has shown himself over the last few years that he would somehow delude himself into believing his own bullshit. Right. Because he has shown himself capable of doing that. Uh, it's just that everybody else surrounding him is just, for the most part, I think, they know it's all bullshit, but they're pushing the scam because it's a scam that, that's making money and keeps them popular and and does whatever the hell. The yeah. other part of this that's key is 
not just the scam and the making money and do you actually believe it was true about 2020. It's also about laying the groundwork for 2022 and 2024. Like it's it's make it's getting the true believers on the MAGA side completely and totally primed that any reports of a non-Republican winning are automatically suspect because you know it's just riddled with fraud because everybody that you trust that has been talking about this, Donald Trump, your Republican senators, all of these folks have been lending their weight to these. Like even, even the ones who aren't outright saying, yes, it was stolen from Donald Trump are saying, yeah, there's a lot of doubt. We have to have an audit. We have to check. There's all kinds of room for error. And by the way, that's why we have to have all these laws for voter integrity and make it harder to vote and all of this kind of stuff because there's all of this opportunity for error and we don't really know. You know, it's it's we can't trust any of it. And you set that narrative up and you build it up and you build it up and it allows for you to push the the voter restrictions and it sets you up to when you don't like the election results in 2022 or 2024 to dispute them. Um, and, you know, people have you pointed... You the problem with this whole damn thing is? Yeah. You know what the biggest problem with this whole damn thing is? For the Republicans themselves. Do you, do you, do, do, have you gathered what the biggest problem Tell me, Yvonne. of this is? Well, if you keep saying that the elections don't matter and that they're all just stolen. <laughs> Your people might stay home. <laughs> right. Well, th- this Hey, because they're stolen. They're fake. There it's is just, a significant you know, argument to be made that that's part of why the two Democrats won in Georgia in January. Right. Uh, is because Donald Trump was down there talking about how the the election was bullshit and it was all fixed and blah, blah, blah. And right. And we just had a special election right now in New Mexico in which this is a cycle where we keep talking about how the danger right now is that the Republicans could take back the House. Uh, because normally that's been the that's been the case where the, you have this this shift back and the other way, and because of gerrymandering and some other things, right? And you know, analysts were saying, well, if the Democrats get a win by a thirteen percent, you know, margin, it's good. If it's below that, they need to be worried. If it's like twenty, it's like incredible. If it's like over twenty five. It's just yeah. The, the, exa- the exact uh, tweet you're talking about was from uh, Wasserman. He's redistrict on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he'd said anything above fifteen percent is good for the Democrats, and it came out almost thirty. It came out almost thirty. I mean, almost thirty, Sam. And just to be clear, this was a race where the Democrat was expected to win. It wasn't really competitive. The right. question was the margin. The question was the margin, right? But if that's what you're driving, I mean, this is what I keep saying. They keep doing this shit that all they're doing is fucking themselves, it seems like. I mean, there there is not one damn thing that I see that could lead to help them recapture the House, the Senate, and the presidency. 
everything is just to make Trump feel better because they are scared of him. That's it. But it doesn't lead to a path of electoral victory. It's crazy, Sam. So I guess we're merging straight into what was going to be a second topic. We might as well merge them together since we're no, sort of... what the hell, anyway. You know, so this is the politics this... section. There you go. We're not going to have a Trump section and a 2022 section. We're having a politics section. There you go. Revised. Um, yeah, the... Look, the... I think you are to some extent right. Uh, the... Look, the natural headwinds in a midterm are that the out-of-power party gains. Okay, so that means if everything was equal, we expect the Republicans to pick up seats in Congress in 2022. Yep. And on top of that, you've got redistricting, where the Republicans control the redistricting uh, process in enough states that you expect them to pick up some House seats because of that as well. So given that the Senate is 50-50 and the House is just barely Democratic right now, you expect the Republicans to pick up some seats and take over at least one House of Congress, if not both. Right. Um, right. Unless the Republicans sabotage themselves. And what you're saying is basically, yeah, the Republicans are trying, are, are essentially sabotaging themselves because they are continuing to do things that drive, um, that, that drive any middle of the road people who might go either way away from them because they're looking like more and more whack jobs uh, as they do all of this stuff. Right. Um, the only counter to that um, is some of the shenanigans they're trying to play with election rules are going to make it such that if there are close races, they might be able to finagle them. Uh, in terms of either through the making it harder to vote for non-white folks uh, or the putting in place processes and procedures that allow uh, election officials to more easily uh, dismiss, say, there was a problem with the voting and so we're going to have to recount or we're going to have to do this or we're going to have to whatever. Uh, you know, They're doing a l number of things to try to make the certification process more malleable by political actors. Um, those kinds of changes might make differences in close races. And so if we, like, it's not, if, if you've got like a blowout, you know, if you've got like a 60-40 blowout, um, it's going to be hard to use those mechanisms to reverse that. But if you've got a really close race, you might be able to. But he, but even, 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 but even, you know, look, those mechanisms have limitations, okay? Because legally, I mean, there are federal laws against, you know, basically just deciding to ignore votes, tampering with a vote. I was just reading today that there's a series of federal laws related to that specifically, okay? And that, you know, the question is whether they would be enforced in case that, I don't know, some election Yahoo decides, oh, well, I'm just not going to count these votes because I just don't want to, which is, that was the concern. You know, it was this whole thing with like, what was happening in Georgia when we were looking at, you just need to find me these votes. Right. You need to find me the votes. You know what I'm saying? This is the kind of scenario that we're that we that we're talking about. 
but in the in the, in those type of cases, you don't even have to not count the votes. You just have the right election fish official saying, "I refuse to certify the votes." So therefore, there are no results from Georgia or whatever. Yeah, but 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 that's you know what? There's no results from Georgia, so nobody gets elected. I mean, yeah. look. You set it up so there's no results from Georgia because there's no certified election result because the election official has says there's too much doubt, whatever, for whatever bullshit reason they make listen, up. I, and, I, then listen, they, and then they have but, the, the but, legislature appoint the electors. Okay, but uh, again, the, and there's no mechanism to do that either. But here's the problem, okay? All right? Well, they've got they've got a year and a half to set those mechanisms up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, you're like, <laughs> listen. I'm gonna go send you an, a, a seminar with Mike Lindell so you guys can dream up. Yeah, no, no, I know, shit. I know. Look, and look, the other the, nightmare. The, the whole thing I, I, is let, that, me just, let me just but, get but this. Listen, out. listen. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, go, yeah. the the one thing that I was saying is that look, you're talking about those mechanisms. The other things that they've been doing on the election side, in terms of rules and things, yep. is making. Uh, Absentee ballots harder and some other things. A whole yes. bunch of things that they've been doing that affect their own people too. Yes, they, they are. They are actually, for the most part, they're torpedoing their own people because the way that the next election cycle is looking is going to go back to a more normal election cycle where a lot of people will be able to go vote in person and a lot of people will probably choose choose to do so. And so, right now, what they're doing is by putting all these restrictions in mail in voting, the people who they are <laughs> reducing their ability to vote. Is their own damn voters. Yeah. And so I'm just like, this election cycle, you want to talk about an insane election cycle. And meanwhile, by the way, adding to that is the counter effect that we've talked about before on the show is if you are really blatant about putting all these obstacles in place that are very clearly intended to stop Democrats from voting and even more to the point to like stop black people from voting or make it harder for black people to vote, et cetera, or, or other minorities. Guess what? You're riling those people up and making them more motivated than ever to figure out how they'll do whatever they need to do to get that vote in. Uh, absolutely. And, and so you, so you've got that, you know, I, uh, uh, yeah, gotta gotta do that Star Wars quote, like you know, Lord Vader. The the more you grip your hand, the more we squeeze out. I don't know, whatever Leia said, I, I screwed that up. <laughs> you know, but yeah, close enough, close enough. The more you tighten your grip, Tuck, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. But yeah, the, the, they they very much all of these tactics that they are taking risk backfiring yes now who who knows what'll happen maybe but the point is like i think a lot of those things with elect you know the election officials doing something funky or even the more radical scenarios that people have been talking about is basically taking the protests that happened on january 6th um not not the protests in the street and the riots and invading the capital but the thing that the actual people in Congress did about disputing the electoral results. You the 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 nightmare scenario people talk about is the Republicans take over both houses of Congress in 2022 and and retain it in 2024 and therefore are and, and like let's say Biden actually wins re-election um but Congress and refuses to certify the electoral vote. Um, these are okay, all but, but, like, but, but, these are but, all but, like but, the crazy but the last time around, the yeah, last time around, they didn't, they didn't the Senate it. was Republican. I mean, 
we, or, we you know, the Senate was Republican. Yes, and they yes, didn't yes. do that either. No, they didn't. I mean, no, no, they, it, it, no, no, they so didn't. So that's why Absolutely that scenario like, is also, oh, you know, it, it bullshit. The, these are all the you can spin the you you can take the procedures that exist and spin out the worst possible scenario. But there are so many breakpoints right before you get that that right. you would have to drive right past in order to get there and like when people talk about that kind of scenario you really are talking about the scenario that if you get if you get to that point things are going to get worse because you think people not accepting election results is bad now if that kind of thing was happening it it would explode on uh, on all sides no i i i I, I, I but i think you're i think you're fundamentally right there's so many checkpoints it's hard to believe all of them failing, but the scenario Every single one exactly. The, right. The scenario where they could is if it is really, really close anyway. Like one of the reasons why all of Donald Trump's shenanigans failed in the 2020 election is because while you, you know, in terms of absolute number of votes that would have to shift was relatively small, but in terms of number of states, he had to flip a whole bunch of states. It wasn't like like if if it had all come down to a Florida scenario again, then and it was really really right. close, and it was this, then maybe you could see these kinds of shenanigans tipping it one way or another. But if you've got a situation where you have to you have to flip four or five states, and they all have tens of thousands of votes, and you have to have in order to make that work, you have to have a dozen election officials sort of go along with it in every state. Now now you're getting to the impossible essentially, but you know the the danger scenario is if it's if it's razor close anyway, then these kind of shenanigans can make a difference. No, I I know, and 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 that's the scenario that we're talking about, which is that worst case scenario. But uh, but look, I'm gonna go back to uh a little bit on the 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 lunacy fringe of the of the grift and what the hell these people uh are doing right, which the. Donald's uh, main, uh, how do I say, uh, the main champion of him getting the vote after he lost in December, January, uh, was uh, Rudy. He was the man, he was the point man out there at uh, Four Seasons Landscaping and other uh, fine establishments trying to get him to vote. And, you know, we talk about whether... You know, is he grifting? Does he believe this shit? And then I see an article that uh, Bob uh, shared with us uh, on the Slack where Rudy Giuliani flogs my pillow during hour-long video on UFOs. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy shit. I mean, this, is, this guy is fucking flogging my pillows during an hour-long video on UFOs, which we haven't even talked about. This whole UFO thing the last couple of weeks, you know. But yeah, anyway. apparently, apparently no. there's nothing. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. No yeah. aliens. So, no aliens as far as we know. But still, I mean, this is, I mean, <laughs> how do you, I mean, Rudy can't really believe this shit, right? He's just, you know, he's just the ultimate grifter, right? I mean, this is all for the money. 
I mean, I, I, flying I, pillows, I, I, I UFOs. A, a, a whole bunch of this is for the money, but Rudy has also proven himself to also be excessively stupid. So, who knows? So it's a it's, it's a, so it's a combination. Jeez. And and like Rudy wasn't necessarily always excessively stupid. I I think there has been a shift here, but over the last couple years, I, I just both him and Trump, it's like. It, there's not a lot going on in the brain department there. Okay. There, there, in the case of Trump, there's a lot going on in the instinctual level on how to manipulate people, but in the actual like intelligence department, eh. <laughs> you know, I mean, how many times during his presidency do we talk about the fact he couldn't even, you know, read a PowerPoint slide to digest something that was too complex for him, you know? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Scott Adams would argue with us that he's playing 4D chess right now and somehow he's going to come back and like whatever fucking, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. win and something or whatever where his fucking stupid bullshit analysis or whatever fucking another fucking. Yeah, whatever, movie. Dilbert. Yeah. 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 Um. So I don't, I don't know. Um. I, I think there's a combination of lots of things at play. I mean, you know, a whole bunch of these people are clearly are deficient morally. A whole bunch of them are outright stupid. Um, others are, yeah, there clearly is a lot of greed involved. Yes. I, I, I mean, um, what, what, what did we, uh, we, we titled a show very appropriately to this, uh, a few weeks back. Um, there we go. Um, I, I'm referring to our April 30th show, which we entitled Greedy Horny Idiots. And (laughs) yes, that's totally accurate. I mean, we really nailed it with that description. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, and, and, and the thing is, there's so many people willing to follow. Right. Um, and, and that's the danger here. The danger here is not Donald Trump in isolation. The danger here is that such a large percentage of the population of the population is willing to just believe all this stuff, you know? And yeah, of course the election was rigged. Of course, Donald Trump was really the legitimate winner. Of course, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, look, you know, we, when in 2016, you know, we said Hillary Clinton was robbed, but, we acknowledged Donald Trump won. You know, let me tell you something. Uh, the night of the election at um, it was sometime at two in the morning. Um, I mean, the election had obviously had been sw- swung towards Trump. Yeah, but I had been holding out some hope in some of the counts. But I realized it only took me till two in the morning to just go say. Yep. It's over. Yep. It's over. That's it. And I was like, I mean, it was, it was brutal, but it, 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 it it happened. It was what it was. It took me just until two in the morning on the light of the election. And, um, you know, yes, there was a whole bunch of shenanigans and a whole bunch of stuff or whatever, but in the end, the motherfucker won. I mean, it was just, that's just, it's, and I was like, yep. And and that's it. And you know, 
you have to accept it and move on. Um, but these people just don't, I don't know. They, they just won't accept reality. They just refuse to do so. They will cling to every stupid, dumb story, to every fraudulent claim. Another part of this, by the way, um, and people have pointed this out with regard to the polling on questions like, do you think Donald Trump really won or you know, whatever questions like that, um, is that they become signaling issues. And you don't necessarily end up getting a good read of what people really believe. Really think, right? You get yeah. a you, you you get people recognize really quickly that this question to them really boils down to just which side are you on, and and that's really the answer. And it's not necessarily if you really look. No, I, I gotta you know. say that that's really more on the Republicans. I mean, I'm sorry because the because after the last election with with Hillary, if you would have polled Democrats, did Trump win? Yeah, there is no way that you got those percentages. Now, I will say also that it helped that the candidate herself accepted the loss. Right. Um, now, again, so I think that that she, does she, matter. She would say things like, you know, the Russians were involved. It was blah, blah, blah. It was, you know, there's some unfairness, whatever, things like that. But she never once was really like, no, no, he's the I'm the legitimate president and he's not. She went to the fucking inauguration. Right. <laughs> you yes, know? she did. Like all these people and I, you occasionally hear it from like conservatives that hillary never recognized donald trump's legitimacy whatever blah 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 she went to the inauguration she accepted the defeat she went to the inauguration and she never challenged it in the courts right so anyway um so since the topic was supposed to be election 2020 election 2022 uh and trump stuff uh just First of all, just to wrap up 2022, um, I think it's still very much up in the air. Um, you know, we've got a long way left until November 2022. Um, but the Republicans aren't doing themselves any favors. I, I, That's for damn sure. Yeah, I don't I think really so. Don't I, I think they're starting no. out with an advantage. And the question is, do they destroy their own advantage before we get to next November? I, I Listen, let me be clear. Well, they have... I think that at this point, I wouldn't even say that. I think mm. that right now they are at a disadvantage, but they 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 are at a disadvantage, and but they have all the tools to be able to easily gain an advantage, but they're not grabbing any one of them, mm. not one. I mean, and they're so it's just they're not doing it. They are repeatedly doing the double down on the base strategy where we can win with only the diehard Trumpies. We don't need anybody else. We're not reaching out. We're not trying to gain supporters. Yeah. We're, we're just, you know, and you know, hell, it, it worked for Donald Trump in 2016. It almost worked in 2020. In 2020, it did help the Republicans in the Senate and the House. Um, they, they, uh, did better than expectations. Um, so we shall see. I but mean, when the, but 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 then when you amp it up to, you know, 
you amp it up to this entire conspiracy theory of not even accepting the election results and all this other crazy shit, you know, things that you're not even getting universal support on the Republicans. Do you get 75, 80%? Yeah, but not 100 The problem is that if you want to double down on the base, then you need to make sure that that base stays in there. But when what you're doing is using such crazy shit, you lose enough, you're peeling away enough that it makes you not be able to win. That's the problem. Well, and the other thing they have specifically for 2022, and we're a long way from 2024, so let's not talk about that yet. But for 2022, you've also got the issue that Trump himself is not going to be on the not ballot. Not on the ballot. And so, right. like, these people may be really excited about Donald Trump, but are they going to be... they're not excited about these assholes. Well, no. Some of them maybe, like some of them, but, like... It's going to vary very much from state to state, from district to district. Um, and they're not, and none of them, none of them are Donald Trump. Some of them are Donald nope. Trump wannabes, but none of them are. Oh, God, we got Donald Trump wannabes. We got a whole fucking list of them, starting with my fucking governor, for God's sakes. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> okay. Um, on the Trump side of things, I guess the only other thing to mention, and... There's not a lot to say here until something more happens. The investigations of him continue. Um, there's more. Uh, there were just news stories this week about people being called to the grand jury in New York. A couple weeks earlier, uh, they made clear that the investigation into the Donald Trump organization that was going on in New York was now a criminal investigation. Now it's not, they have not said they are targeting Donald Trump individually yet. They have not said who they're targeting. So it could be other people in the Trump organization. It could be Trump family members. They could go after the Trump organization itself as an entity. Um, or they could go after Donald Trump. It's unclear. Uh, it looks like they're trying to put pressure on some of Donald Trump's associates right now to get them to flip and provide evidence and blah, blah, blah. Um, this stuff continues, and I don't know that there's a lot to say on it in total or unless indictments actually start coming down. Um, I saw some people talking when the when the grand jury first got impaneled like a week or two ago now, uh, people started talking about timelines and they were saying like if indictments are coming out of this, probably like the the grand jury's in place for six months uh, and got in in place. So, I mean, that's sort of the timeline is um you know june july august september october november you know anytime in that time frame we could start getting some indictments out of new york i don't know um and of course there there's i gotta tell you something that that if we start getting trump indictments out of new york i'm gonna be like giddy <laughs> And, and of course, there's an investigation into him in uh, Georgia as well for the election interference. Right. Um, and, and there are others. These aren't the only ones. Um, there are multiple investigations into Trumper's family going on all over the place. Uh, the question is just if or when they actually bear any fruit. Um, the one place, and, and as we sort of predicted before the Biden administration started, for the most part, these things are not happening at the federal level. Like, if there's anything going on at the federal level, we haven't really heard a lot about it at this point. Um, because I think um, Trump wants to sort of... Not Trump, sorry. 
I think the Biden administration, like, first of all, Biden doesn't want to interfere with the Justice Department. But even if you start looking at uh, Garland now at DOJ, um, yeah, I, I on the one hand, you know, everybody sort of wants to, like, apply the appropriate level of accountability. But that is such a minefield at the federal level. Like, I think they would be thrilled if anything that was going to happen happens at the state level instead. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They don't want to touch totally it. Agree. They're no, going to, they're no, going to no. avoid it if they can. And there get are very away good reasons it. for it. And, and there are very good reasons why, look, I, I know legally they may be on very solid ground on something federally. I'm not questioning that, but it's just that it turns into such a political hot potato. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be quite a lot better if it's something done at the state level. It would be a huge mess. Now, of course, one of the risks you have at the state level is, you know, they end up slapping a fine on him or something, and that's it, you know? But whatever. <laughs> we'll we'll see when we get there. Or or nothing. Nothing may come out of this. You know? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that's all there is to say. I mean, there's there's other stuff about, like, more places where... I, I guess the one other thing is the Justice Department in a couple cases now has actually defended Trump administration actions. Um, like, uh, the, the there's a judge that ordered that the DOJ turn over documentation around how, um, how Barr how bar dealt with the Mueller report. And the DOJ was like, no, we're going to appeal that. And that'll probably hold it up for years as it goes through the appeal process. And uh, the Justice Department may well win that one. Um, And whereas a lot of people were really upset about that, saying, you know, hey, you should be saying, sure, we'll turn that over. Clearly, the Trump administration was was doing something wrong. And here, we want this to be open. You don't even need the court order. We're just going to make these documents public because we can. Um, But the Biden administration is playing very conventional ball here um, by saying, look, we're going to defend the prerogatives of the presidency and of the executive branch, Uh, even though, you know, Donald Trump may have been misusing his powers. But, you know, executive privilege is a real thing. The the ability of the uh, of, of the attorney general to confer on policy and decide what to do in in privacy without having everything that public is a, is a real thing. And we're going to defend that on principle, even if we think Donald Trump was misusing it. And I think that what they're trying to do is, like you said, we're going to defend the presidency. If we believe it's correct, even though Donald Trump may have misused whatever powers he misused. And it goes back to what you were talking about uh, to me earlier about, we talked about it before the podcast regarding presidential power and the fact that in Congress, laws haven't been passed in order to try to rein in some of the powers that had been abused by President Trump. And yeah, and, and, and ba- so, basically the, the, the notion here is we had a theme going, like, I, I don't know how many times during the Trump administration, we said that there was a particular behavior that had been reported about Donald Trump that was clearly unethical, 
<laughs> you know, clearly right. violated a bunch of norms. Norms is the word that was used over and over during the Trump administration. But there was no law against it. Exactly. You know, it was just sort of tradition that people just didn't do this. And that one of the things that needed to be cleaned up post-Trump was make some of these things into actual laws and force them. And laws with teeth, too. Not just laws that say, don't do this, but laws that say, don't do this or... This thing is going to happen. You'll be fined. You'll go to jail. You'll be removed from office. What, whatever the right things are, um, you know, that within constitutional limits, blah, blah, blah. But actually have like ethics rules with teeth that apply to everybody, including the president and vice president, et cetera. Um, you know, and there's been I've heard almost nothing. On that topic. I mean, we've got some stuff on the election reform stuff in HR1 and all that kind of stuff, but I've heard almost nothing on this topic. Um, and I think that there's a, a few reasons for that. Number one, the filibuster. Right. You know, the, yep. even if the Democrats had grind, grand ideas on this, there's absolutely no way that it would get, get passed, get through anywhere. So, you know, and they have to sort of pick and choose their battles. And they're obviously like, even the voting stuff that is clearly their priority after infrastructure, you know, is waiting for infrastructure. And we're spending months negotiating on infrastructure. And maybe we'll talk about the voting stuff in the late fall or something. Um, and then that and, and then absent uh, uh, mansion and cinema having a revelation on the filibuster, plus a couple other senators who have less publicity, but also don't want to rock that boat. Um absent that those aren't going anywhere either so like something like this like a big ethics reform package or something uh is not getting past any filibuster because the republicans would stop it and also i'm not sure it would have you know 100 percent democratic support either because presumably any sort of ethics reform package like that would apply to congress too and a whole bunch of people in congress are quite happy with the ethics rules they have and don't want them any tighter. Right. So no, I, I, yep. I think you're totally right. Okay. Um, enough of politics, one more break and a little bit on the pandemic and, uh, then we'll wrap it up. So we will be back right after this. <laughs> I'm ready, Frankenstein. Then let us begin. Creepy Classic celebrates the classic horror and science fiction films from the silent era through the 1960s, and retro TV horror from the 1950s to the 1970s. Visit creepyclassics.com for all your classic video needs. And when you buy something, tell Ron that the curmudgeons say hello. Okay, here we are. It's it's almost like an obligation at this point. We have to talk pandemic every week. What's the new stuff pandemic-wise this week? It's over. It didn't wasn't it over last week, Yvonne? Oh yeah, right. So that's not new. Uh what's new? Oh, look, um, look just, just, just summary on the stats. Things continue to decline in the U.S. Things continue to decline worldwide. There are a few hot spots here and there, both in the U.S. and worldwide. But overall, 
in cases, deaths, hospitalizations, everything seems to be going down almost everywhere. Uh, things are going the right way. There, like I said, there are a few exceptions here and there. Um, one interesting one is hospitalizations is going up in the UK again after go, going, they got down to like a, a couple days with zero deaths for the first time since last March for the UK. And, uh, and a vaccination has been going really well there and they're loosening everything up. They are having a slight uptick in hospitalization. So it'll be interesting to watch where that goes. I suspect with the vaccination penetration that it'll be a slight uptick, not a big uptick, and it'll get back into control relatively quickly. But we'll see um, in in terms of it. But yeah, things are still going the right way everywhere. Um, the one thing that people keep pointing out, though, is uh, going back to the U.S. scope for the moment. Um, the, the vaccination rates have been dropping uh, and dropping significantly. Uh, Biden's goal to get to 70% of adults vaccinated by, uh, by July 4th, uh, looks like it's in danger at this point because I mean, it'll because be it's close, down. but it's not, it, it, it looks like it's going to be close. It's going to be in the high sixties. I think the last, uh, chart I looked Estimate, at, yeah. uh, showed, but I mean, but, it, yeah, it's getting and, to and, 70 and look, is, and, is. And yeah. the administration is trying all kinds of things to juice those numbers again. They're working on uh, further expanding where you can go to get them. They're doing, um, you know, various drive-up options where they're having sort of pop-up vaccination stands that go around to underserved areas. They're working with various employers to give time off for people to both get the vaccination and deal with side effects if they have them. And, you know, they're, they're trying to do a bunch of stuff, um, but it's still slowing down. Uh, and by the way, those lotteries and things seem to be working. Yes. Like the places where people have put into place, like, you know, hey, Every day, we're going to pick one person who has a vaccination and give them a million dollars. Apparently, that actually is motivating a bunch of people to go get vaccinated who aren't otherwise. So, great. And there are all kinds of other giveaways that are being done at different levels. Um, but but it's still slowing down on a national level. It, it is. Uh, so, And it's I slowing mean... down earlier than you would like. Like, you expect, of course, these curves always get they'll always like reach a peak and then slow down as you get saturated the question is where is that saturation point and how high we can get before we get there you know because as, as i think we mentioned um uh when when we look like israel has been ahead of everywhere right but in terms of the fully vaccinated population um they're you know they they've been they hit fifty. I couldn't hear what you said. I wasn't talking to you, Siri. <laughs> um, Israel hit 59% on May 18th, and they have not hit 60% yet for fully vaccinated. It is really, really, really slowed down. But at that percentage, and that's of the population, not of the adult population, but that percentage seems to be working so far really well there, so maybe that's enough. But look, what I'm, I'm going to tell you that what vaccine they use but, but, but the U.S. is leveling and, and off at a lower level than that. So uh, I mean, the U.S. right now is at, uh, what the heck is it? 
we're at uh, for the for the 51% entire percent to June fourth is where so, we're at right now. No, no. For, well, you're, you're, you're talking you're talking adults. Like for to compare to the numbers well, I just gave with Israel, uh, it, it, what that's the share of the full population fully vaccinated. Israel as of um, June third uh, was at fifty nine point four percent. The U.S. is at forty point nine. Right. Uh, but oh, the U.S. Parker. curve is is getting pretty flat pretty fast right now, unless we spike it again. Well, but it, the one thing is that the data have shown, and you had shared a tweet with somebody that put together this chart with these lines that showed uh, the efficacy, efficacy of, of the, the different, different vaccines. vaccines. Yeah. And that, damn it, man, look. The numbers weren't wrong. Those mRNA vaccines are really good. Are are really good. It, 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 I mean, it does make a huge difference. Whether it's that versus, for example, Chile, which has vaccinated a ton of people, but use Sinovac, okay, and where case numbers are still very high. But you know, Israel use the Pfizer vaccine as well to get to that number. And without vaccinating 100%, it's like, I mean, Israel, literally the pandemic is over. I mean, their case numbers nationally are insignificant at this point. And that makes a huge difference. And so um, the fact that the bulk of the vaccines in the U.S. has been uh, Pfizer and Moderna. It is really making a big impact because you look at Chile, for example. Chile right now, uh, has daily case rates, which is showing that the fourteen day trend is still going up, of thirty eight per a hundred thousand inhabitants right now in Chile. Okay, uh, but and if you look at their vaccination right now, um, they are. At, uh, well, this is 101 doses per, 101 doses per 100 people? Well, that would make sense for two-shot vaccines, right? That's right, yeah. But that means it's a higher percentage than the the U.S., and they're they're still facing increasing cases is the problem. And so that's, that's what I'm, that's, that's my concern, that... You've got a country that has gone out and definitely had a huge vaccination rate. Uh, the uh, a percentage of the population uh, fully vaccinated there at forty three percent, okay, which is slightly higher in the U.S. Um, but their cases are still going up, and so yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of countries that were relying on on that vaccine. Now, I, I it is a fact right now that. Distribution of mRNA vaccines has been expanding significantly. Uh, there, there is a map of like countries that are getting it right now, especially in Latin America, where you see that Brazil and other uh, Colombia and other countries are getting that va- are getting those vaccines. Um, but it's, um, but you know, they uh, Chile, for example, relied very heavily on. Sinopharm, not Sinovac, it's similar anyway, vaccine, and 
they're not getting the damn results that you would expect with that many people vaccinated, hmm. especially compared to the to the results that we're getting in the U.S. or in Israel. And so, uh, I know that some uh, countries had been experimenting with combining shots from different vaccines. I don't know if you saw that. Yep. I think that's in part to respond to this kind of issue, like right now. Um, and look, if if Chile can't get those case numbers under control, I, mean, I think they might be forced into having to to do something like that because it's just. I, I mean, it's got to be very frustrating that you've got that higher percentage of your population uh, vaccinated and you can't get case numbers down. Right. So. Yeah, I, I mean, and and just more generally zooming out on that, uh, I've seen a number of folks talking about the vast disparities between, you know, your richest countries and your poorest countries in terms of how vaccine rollout is going and uh, th- some estimates saying like to get worldwide vaccine penetration anywhere where we want it to be like at the 60, 70 percent level on a worldwide basis. We're talking several years out still, you yeah. know, no, 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 totally. And and, and so uh, and, and just uh, I, I'm going to look right here. And obviously there's some problems on reporting this, but the share of the worldwide population that is confirmed fully vaccinated at this point 5.8 percent jesus uh so on a worldwide basis that's still really really small um and so you know if it really takes multiple years to get to a fully vaccinated scenario then you're gonna have continuing waves of this thing happening in different countries across the world off and on for years Hey, but my governor over here saying that this is over. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not even going to report numbers. We're done. We're out. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, and look, to be fair, U.S. is looking really good. We're we're going down and we're going down fast. And, um, you know, I've seen a number of people say, well, we just had another major holiday. Let's wait and see what happens. But I, I don't think we're going to see anything big from that. I don't think we're going to see anything. Listen, but my whole thing about this and the reason why I give shit to my fucking stupid ass governor is because that's what he did last summer. Yeah. This guy has a fucking penchant for claiming victory um, before you actually cross the goal line. And, you know, he, he it, it's just so infuriating that why the hell there is nothing to be gained right now by not reporting the data. There is nothing to be gained other than, you know, the usual shit that we were talking about, the Republican politics right now, of, of now, which I'm sure that, you know, he's probably going and and going back to Mar-a-Lago and, like, making Trump happy that he's not reporting numbers. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel, I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, obviously, the... Obviously, there's some cost savings, and the daily reporting is something that, as it gets low enough, of course, people are going to start dropping off that. But it still seems like we're still a little bit premature. Early, you know, a little bit early. A little bit. You could wait another month. You could wait another month. Yeah, exactly. Um, And we'll 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 see. Um, I, I mean, I I've sort of. 
I, I've been looking at the local numbers in my county, right? Because um, we're, we're sort of making decisions here on, you know, because uh, we mentioned before, like my, my son is under 12, so is yours. Like, and so my, in, in terms of what our family is determining, when do we start acting like, okay, everything's back to normal completely, even though we're all vaccinated, we're either going to wait until after Alex is fully vaccinated too, which will probably be like October or something, or, you know, we want to at least see the case numbers in our county drop below where they were last fall. Mm. And we're not quite there yet. You know, we're close, but we're not quite back to where we were last fall. And like last fall, we had loosened up a decent amount. We were, you know, we were allowing Alex's friend to come visit for the weekend. And we had our, you know, our cleaning person coming back in and we had like stuff like that. Um, and so like, if we were comfortable doing that last fall, we should be doing, we should be comfortable doing that right now. But, you know, we're not quite there yet. We're, you know, we're. It's heading down. It's heading down rapidly. So we might be there in another week or two, unless the something happens to the trends. But if trends continue, we will we'll probably be there before the end of June. But we're still not quite as good as we were last fall. And that's sort of the milestone we're setting for ourselves is that like we'll we'll start, you know. And I look, I'm loosening up some anyway, <laughs> you know, like I, for a while I was double masking. I'm not really double masking anymore. When I go into indoor places, I'm like, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm okay. Um, you know, the, the other thing, by the way, on, in terms of wearing my mask in public, um, I've mentioned on the show previously that I'm still doing that occasionally. Like certainly when I've been going indoors, I've been doing that. I've, I've not been doing it outdoors. Cause I think we covered you know, outdoors, even for unvaccinated people, I think the evidence is in that that's, you know, you don't need a mask outdoors. Um, but I tell you, I've noticed my feelings on it are shifting from, uh, to now I start feeling self-conscious wearing the mask because I'm like, people might think I'm unvaccinated. <laughs> well, I've been going, listen, I've been going to places where, uh, I'm still wearing my mask in 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 a, in a lot of retail stores and stuff. The one yeah. place that I stopped like wearing my mask is uh, at my gym. They're they're not requiring it, and I, I I'm not wearing it to go there. But almost every other establishment that I'm going to, I'm still like you know. I'll like, tell you, and, I've and got actually, I've got a couple the, criteria for that. Um, like if I'm going in uh, a public place, first of all. If the place still has a mask required rule, of course I'm wearing. Oh yeah, a damn yeah. Mask, well, of okay? course I'm wearing a mask. If, exactly. If the right. places are where are doing the, you know, if you're unvaccinated, please mask. But if you're unvaccinated, don't worry about it. Um, which more and more places are doing at this point. I will still take a cue from the employees. If the employees are wearing masks, I will too. Yeah, basically, I'm 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 doing a lot of that. I mean, frankly, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I have not gone inside in a public place maskless yet, and I, I, I might at some point. Uh, I feel like I'm going to take it case by case. Um, but if there, if I feel safe, if I know I'm vaccinated, if I feel like I trust that the other people are, are if I feel like there's not going to be a doubt, like the biggest concern for me is still like. You know, I know I'm vaccinated, but they don't know I'm vaccinated. So do I make them feel safer by wearing the mask? It's not about my own safety as much. It's about 
I mean, it, it, basically, it's yeah. I, I'm I'm doing the same. I'm just trying to make sure that you know. I'm like I'm I'm going. I, I'm making sure that I. I will be wearing a mask. Uh, even in places I would feel comfortable not wearing one, just to make sure that other people feel you know feel comfortable about it. Okay, right. That's it. And so you know, I, and I I've just been you know. I, I don't have this goddamn problem with wearing a fucking mask. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. why be a dick? I, I mean, and a number of people have pointed out, by the way, like, hell, you know, I haven't had a cold in a year and a half. Do You know, maybe wearing the mask is, is all right anyway. Like, I don't want to yeah, forget COVID. I, I don't want to have a regular cold or flu. I, I, me neither. I haven't had a cold also in a year. And it's, it's like, crazy. It, it's like... You know, I can't believe I used to expose myself to these people all the time. Right. <laughs> I know? know. I know. Um, so anyway. Uh, okay. I, I will tell you that 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 last weekend, Memorial Day weekend, we did go out uh a, a little bit uh, around. Uh I took my wife to uh to the art museum. Uh but at the art museum everybody was wearing a mask. Uh, I mean that was just the policy and whatever. But we <laughs> at first we I was going to go to this place that I had seen uh, some reviews about, and I thought I thought it was more relaxed. Okay. Okay? It, it was, because I used to go to this uh, bar, restaurant place that was on the water, okay? That was a pretty relaxed place. You know, people would show up and yeah, they had a bar under a tree and people would show up and whatever. And it was just a very nice place to hang out. And so that place had shut down and I heard, you know, about this other place popping up that, okay, I wanted to give it a try. But when I got there to the place, (laughs) look, this was, uh, it was such a... So crowded, so many people, and so loud. I mean, you couldn't hear yourself think in this place. Mm-hmm. This was not relaxing whatsoever. And let's be clear about this. There's not one single person wearing a mask at this joint either. And God only knows how many were were, were vaccinated. Who the hell knows? But uh but but let me tell you that that the city, everything was so full last weekend. Holy shit. I for the for the Memorial Day weekend, it was just unreal. I mean, it was. I, I got to tell you, I'm. It wasn't full like this two years ago. Last Memorial Day weekend, it, it was like everybody was so fed up with everything that they were like, "We're all going out. And we're going out now." Right, and, and this so. you know, the the people who are being the most cautious and throwing up the most warning signs right now are like, look. You know, we may be at 40% vaccinated, but that means 60% unvaccinated. And that's still a lot of people unvaccinated. And if all of those unvaccinated people drop all the protections, don't wear masks, run around all the time, and and don't go ahead and get themselves vaccinated, then we do run the risk of another spike. Now, I... think it's clear that the maximum size of that spike is limited by the amount of vaccination that is happening. But, you know, that's why people are still cautious here is like, and saying like, let's wait to see what happens after, you know, the holiday, because if you got 
if you have a bunch of these unvaccinated people exposing themselves, you are going to see some sort of spike from it, uh, even if it is a smaller spike. Um, and yeah, yeah. and so I guess we'll see. I, I saw some somebody say something like, you know, amongst unvaccinated people, the I, actually I saw this from a conservative person poo pooing it. So who knows? Uh, but they said that they saw somebody reporting that, um, you know, amongst unvaccinated people, things are spreading rapidly again. Um, I don't know. I, w- the numbers will prove out over the next few weeks. Um, like I keep saying over and over again, I gotta believe that with the vaccination penetration, if we do see more peaks, they're going to be a lot smaller than the peaks we've seen in the past. Um, and hopefully not last that long, but as long as you've got huge numbers of unvaccinated people and you have those unvaccinated people acting like they have nothing to worry about. Of course, you're going to see spikes and some of them may be very localized. Like, you know, you may not have a big national spike, but you'll have like some some town in Texas have a big outbreak or something. No, yeah, yeah. But but one thing that that look, I, I know that fully vaccinated numbers are uh 41 percent, but, but the, the one got, dose. It, it, yeah, uh, but well, fully for, uh, for no fully vaccinated it, it, numbers are 41 percent. OK, yeah. but the thing is. Fifty-one percent of the people have gotten one dose, at least yeah. one dose. But yeah. here's the one thing: in the U.S., unlike say in Chile, where there were the single dose was not effective. Yeah, the single dose already has a big effect. Yes, the mRNA vaccines have been shown to be the single dose more effective than AstraZeneca with two doses. Yeah. So that's why I think why even in the U.S., I mean the 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 vaccinated number even with a single dose at fifty one percent is still is a more accurate indicator of the level of protection that we have right now. Yeah, in terms of the total population. Yeah. So, okay, I think we're done, Yvonne. Yeah, we're done. Okay, and we managed to. You know, by having a butt first segment take up an entire hour, I think we're over two hours anyway. Oops. Um, so let's wrap this sucker up. Uh, you guys know uh, how to get a hold of us. Uh, we're on Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. <sighs> Facebook. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a, face, it's a, it's a new app. It's, it's where Trump is. It's the new uh, Trump uh Social yeah, now that he's platform. now that he's killed his blog and Facebook has left him suspended for another couple years, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Even though Sam I, no, tried not, to tell me this week that he was yeah. back on Facebook, but oh well. Yeah, there was a thing that briefly went around that uh with a few journalists actually repeating, and I you know, it was from a legit journalist. I passed it along to the Commudgeons Corner Slack that Donald Trump's account had been reinstated. Nope, no such thing. It turns out that all along his old posts were left up. He just can't post anything new. And somebody noticed one of his old posts and was like, oh, he's back. No. <laughs> um, anyway, you can find us on Facebook. Facebook. Book. Um, okay. Uh, and it's facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner. Leave comments there. Share the episodes. Like it. Blah, blah, blah. All that kind of stuff. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Abelsme. A-B-U-L-S-M-E. Yvonne is at I-M-B-O. I-M-B-O-U. Uh, we would love to hear from you on Twitter. If you don't like uh, social media, you can reach us via email. 
which is kind of an old school social media, I guess, sort of almost not quite. Anyway, you can reach us by email. <laughs> it's uh, it's feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. And we would love to hear your emails too. Uh, if you really like the show, find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner, uh, where you can leave us uh, some money. Uh, we appreciate the money. We use it to fund various expenses of the show. And every once in a while, we might have an in-person event once the pandemic really is over. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, fun stuff like that. Um, if you give us money on the Patreon at various levels, we'll mention you on the show. We'll ring a bell. We'll send you a postcard. You can get a Curmudgeon's Corner mug, which is very exciting. I uh, love that mug. I, I have to replace mine. I, I think I mentioned on the show, mine has a little crack in it. So I have to, I have to replace mine. And, uh, is he in the room? Uh, we're also, as part of Alex paying $200 to sponsor the show for 10 weeks, we're going to get him an I Hate Curmudgeon's Corner mug. Woo! All right! Yes! I'll, I'll surprise him with that at some point, assuming he doesn't hear this. Um, awesome! <laughs> and, um... Yeah, uh, uh, and and of and of course, at two dollars a month or more, or if you communicate to us on a regular basis in any other way, we will invite you to our Curmudgeons Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and several of our listeners uh, are talking all week long, sharing links, discussing the news, all of that kind of thing. So now, to everybody's favorite part of the show, Yvonne. What are some things we have talked about on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack this week that we have not talked about on the show itself? Well, it's a lot of stuff. Let's see. Uh... Just some highlights. There was some a... highlights. Okay, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going. Uh, there was an attempted hijacking on a Delta flight from Los Angeles to Nashville, uh, apparently. But it seems like the guy was just a, a nut job. He was having some sort of breakdown. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't like some political person trying to hijack the plane to Cuba or something. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't seem like that. Or a nine eleven kind of thing. We we shared some stuff on how Skype uh, basically uh, lost out to Zoom. We also shared uh, some stuff uh, related to uh, the Mike Lindell countersuit against Dominion voting. Uh, and, and, uh, I, I, I shared that apparently, uh, I, I, apparently this didn't work, uh, but, but, you know, the lawsuit had this entire section where they, uh, said, uh, fact and whatever right beside it was a lie and it just said that over and over. I, and I tried to test to see if I put there as a fact that I'm a billionaire and see if that turned it into true. Uh, I gotta tell you, it doesn't work. Oh, man, I was counting on that, Yvonne. Uh, I was going to cut you a check right away, right after yeah, I got the yeah. billion, but, uh, but oh, well, sorry. I, uh, uh, we also discovered that Qantas A380s parked in the California de desert attract rattlesnakes. Nice. Um, yeah, and uh, that Amtrak is bringing back the traditional dining car, okay, which... Uh, as, as opposed to the have, crappy uh, little things where you can buy, like, a boxed snack or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so these are actual uh, like are, they cook you fresh food, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Greg apparently likes on some the, routes. He likes to routes. travel by train and likes the dining car. Uh, I also shared that I have this issue where I I don't know some icons on my phone 
they're turned into squares. I don't know why. Instead of the and squircles I been able to find. that are Apple's yes, exactly. main thing. Yeah, and we talked about supersonic airliners and how, you know, uh, there's there's one company that folded, but apparently that United placed an order for some supersonic airliners, which I'm really looking forward to, mm. i got to admit. Um, and so th- those are things, uh, you know, we, well, we, we did uh, me- me- share some stuff on the Israeli election, um, some stuff that's been going on about that. And also that Matt Getz grew up in the Truman Show house, which explains a lot. Yes. In the actual, in the house they used to film the, the, the parts of the movie that were in the house for Truman Show, that, that house that was in that movie is actually where Matt Gates grew up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that explains a lot. Definitely. Um, we also, uh, shared a whole bunch of stories about the infrastructure bill and what's been going on back and forth around negotiation or around that, how one of the recent things that, that Biden threw out there was, uh, how to, uh, institute a 15% minimum tax rate for corporations, which I actually think is a very reasonable, uh, thing. Uh, I, I, I think that's a very reasonable thing. Um, and so and those, I, th- and that's I, a good, I will uh, add what I will add one thing what? that you apparently yeah. have forgotten. Uh, there was a hot point of discussion for a time. Um, our listener Bruce took issue oh, with your contention that the grounding of the flight over Belarus was a unique, unprecedented event, and he compared it to uh, an incident with a plane uh, with, uh, who, who was it? It was an Edward Snowden-related thing. Uh, Evo, yeah, Evo Morales uh, plane, which was, well... Well, we got into the whole reason why he said he kept saying it was forced down and it really wasn't. But anyway, you know, there was we a had whole a- long debate on that. Bruce made his points. Yvonne made his points. Greg jumped in. There was a whole long go- back and forth. And this is the kind of thing where if you joined us on our curmudgeons corner slack, you could witness or take part of yourself. Um, you know, so you are missing out by not seeing that kind of uh, exciting back and forth and debate and such. And then you could decide who you thought was right or wrong. Right. There you go. Uh, what What is it? We we present, you decide, something like that? Is that the Fox News thing? Uh, something like that, yes. It, yeah, I think you're right. We present, you decide, something, whatever. It, I mean, it used to be fair and balanced, Maybe it still is, but there's also the other, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, what, whatever. Isn't it also when news breaks, we fix it? Or no, that's... No, that's different. That's different. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, never mind. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's different. Anyway, we are so done at this point. If you uh, know people who you think would like this show, please tell them about it. Uh, and if you have interesting comments... Dude. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. I am awesomer than daddy. Bye, 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 bye. Subscribe to Alex and Silla and say I hate Cromagin's Corner. Anyway, if if you if you know people who would like the show, tell them about it. And if you have comments of your own, either tell them to us directly in the ways we showed, mentioned earlier, or leave reviews on any place that has podcast reviews. But tell us about them so that we can go look and, you know, 
mentioned them on the show too, uh, whether they're good or bad. And that is it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Have a great week. Stay safe uh, in the trailing weeks of the pandemic. Hopefully, cross your fingers in the U.S. And, uh, and you know, if you're elsewhere, hopefully you're in a place where the pandemic is getting better. Uh, if not, stay extra safe. Uh, and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Later. Good night. Good night. Good night.